Hey, sweet friends, my name is Chef Schomburg. I started my baking business with a bottle of DiSerrano and one Bundt cake pan. Fast forward to today from news to magazines, speaking on national stages and more, I can truly say that baking has changed my life. So now as a bakery business coach, I get to help others have the same success. I've helped hundreds of my students across the world in my global membership program create six-figure businesses, mainly from home. The Baking for Business podcast is an extension of that, from actionable tips to valuable tools and resources that can impact you as a business owner. I truly believe, y'all, we would never have been given a gift if we couldn't profit and prosper from it. So come on, darling. What are you waiting for? I'm so excited to have you guys here today. Today, we're covering four mistakes that stop you from growing. And I really do want everyone in this industry to grow. I believe we all go through phases. We all start. Then we all grow our business for a while. And then sometimes when I speak to a lot of bakers, they feel like that growth has stopped. Or if they're totally new, they feel like, honestly, the growth has never really taken off. They feel stagnant where they are. And usually when I look over you guys' accounts, there's always these common factors. And today I want to talk about that. So by the end of this podcast, you should feel a lot more confident in why your business isn't growing if you feel it's not growing or what items you can address in order to take that growth on another level. You guys know I have a saying, I never believe we would have been given a gift if we couldn't profit and prosper from it. And growth is a huge part of prosperity. Uh, I love looking back over the years, seeing where God has brought my business, how I started and all the changes that I went through. But a lot of those changes also came when I removed myself from the situation. Sometimes I feel we're so attached to our business. You know, it's like we treat like our business is like our baby. You know, it's like it's like our our child or, you know, it's just something that we're just so passionate over and as it should be in a sense. But just like your child doesn't need every single thing they ask for. Your business doesn't need every single thing that you want it to have. Sometimes there are times where you have to just step away and say, this isn't a good call. I have to do what's best for the growth of the business. And it'll all make more sense as we dive a little bit into it. So please tag me on Instagram. You guys know I love to see when you guys tag me. And it's so crazy because last week, I was recording this and I was like, thanks so much, you guys. We just reached 13K. And now today, as I'm recording this, we've reached over 14 downloads. And so I really do appreciate the growth of this podcast and you guys growing with me. I'm happy I haven't scared you off uh, yet. And also, a lot of you guys listen to this while you're decorating. So please tag me in whatever it is you're decorating. You can tag me on Instagram at baking for business. I love to see you guys when you work and what it is you're working on and what it is you do. And I'll definitely be sure to give your business a shout out and share some love as well. So four things that keep us from not growing. One of the first things is not measuring what matters. I have an entire masterclass inside my group coaching membership called measuring what matters because it's super important. But not to pitch you that, just to go over this because I felt it was a wonderful step and it's super important. One of the things I noticed with bakers is that the only things you guys count is followers. 
And so when I meet people and I might ask them, okay, so how's your business performance? What is your conversion rate? Uh, what does your analytics say? So how is your traffic transferring? And people are like, what? Like, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't really check that. It is so important to us. A business is ran off of data and only data and numbers. They don't lie. They really don't lie. So if you're getting calls on the phone, let's say in a day you get 10 calls and you notice that nine out of those 10 people, they get an item with you. Okay, well, then that's your conversion rate. So that means like 90% of people actually booked with you, but it's super important for you to keep up with that number. So let's say only five people booked with you. All right, then that means you have a 50% conversion rate out of all the people who are calling half book, half don't. Well, the other half that don't, it's really good for you to study that to see is my conversion growing? Am I booking more over time? You know, you need to study your no's as much as you study your yeses because there's so much to be learned from that. There are so many lessons that will actually tell you about the health of your business and how you're growing. That is one of the biggest things that I find that bakers don't pay attention to is their conversion rate. The next is their analytics. I was actually talking to a young lady last night in one of my courses and she was talking about getting traffic to her website. They visit, but after that, they leave. Well, there's so much that your website can tell you. Case in point, if people visit your site once and let's say they leave within a minute or so, then that's your bounce rate. That means as quick as they're getting on your site, they're getting off. And if they're finding your site, but then they're hopping off, that's a problem too, right? I meet so many people and I'm like, especially new people who don't have a website. And I'll say, okay, well, why, why not? And they'll say, well, I got a website, but people didn't use it. And I'm like, people didn't use it. Okay. Why did people not use it? Did they not use it because you didn't enforce it? Did they not use it because you didn't stick to your boundaries and tell people, hey, this is the only way that you can order? Or did they not use it because you didn't invest. It was something that you tried to do for yourself and it wasn't optimized. Websites have to be mobile optimized. They have to be desktop optimized. They have to be search engine optimized. There's so much stuff on the back end that you don't know about. So when you try to take on a task of doing something yourself that you completely don't know of, you'll half-ass it. You guys, there are so many things that we should be investing in our business that don't cost much, but they can pay us tenfold when we do so. So not measuring the things that really matter, our website traffic, what page are they visiting the most? What are they looking at? What is our conversion rate, right? What is our close rate when we do wedding tastings and bookings? Are you paying attention to that? Do you get nervous? Do you shake when it's time to close and, and pitch yourself or talk about your price and your value? Or are you confident in what it is you have to offer and bring to the table? And you should be measuring these things every single week. That's not even including website analytics. Um, I'm sorry, I meant social media analytics. Like, what does your social media post say? What content do your customers like looking at? Are you putting out content for your customers? Are you putting out content that connects with other bakers? Does your content have a strategy? When is the best time to post in order for you to maximize the reach 
and grow your brand awareness so more people can know you. So every single week, there's tons of different numbers. I only mentioned a few that you should be tracking in your business. And if you're not tracking those, then you're not measuring what matters. We can't just measure our business off of, I got five followers. Followers don't mean anything. They really don't, you guys. I've seen it. I've used as an example. We've had Monique on a podcast of I Am Gotta Have Cake. And I love this when she told me that she's a replica surface ambassador. And you guys know I'm big on imagery and that's actually coming up. But when she joined, there was like two months in a row that she was the top salesperson. And Monique has a following of like around less than 7,000 on Instagram, but she beat out people who had followers of hundreds of thousands, right? So that goes to show you that followers do not equal dollars. I've seen a show one time on CNN where they were talking about a young lady who had a million followers, but she couldn't even sell 12 t-shirts. And then one of my other students sent me something. A young lady had a meet and greet. She had hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok and no one showed. You guys, we can't keep judging the health of our business based off of followers. You have to start measuring what matters. So tip number one, your analytics, your conversions, and all the rates that tell you the growth and the success of your business. Are you measuring what matters and preparing for that? That's tip number one. Tip number two is not paying attention to pricing not paying attention to pricing. I can go on and on because I know pricing is something so big in our industry. But what I really want to break down, just to cover real quick, four things. Number one, you should be giving yourself a labor rate and your labor cannot be the same as someone else. This is why when I'm in groups and people say, how much would you charge? How much would you charge? I'm like, would you go on a job and just, you know, pick any, mini money mo and say, okay, well, I'll take your salary. I'll take your salary. No, you're, you would want your salary. You would want your wage to be based on your education, your background, your experiences, and what you bring to the table and know you can offer. Yet we do that in this cake, baked goods, baking, cottage food industry so often is that we just want to pick other people's prices because we're too damn lazy. And I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. That's all it is, too. Some of y'all are too goddamn lazy. So why are we not paying attention to numbers? Because numbers are one of the key things that will show you the growth of your business, especially when it comes to a sense of pricing. So number one was numbers measuring what matters. But number two, now we're on pricing. So here's four things I want you to pay attention to. Number one, your labor. What are you charging yourself per hour? And you should be giving yourself an hourly rate. Number two, your expenses and costs. What is it costing you? You have to itemize that information, every single little piece of information. What do the Rice Krispies cost you? What do the apples cost you? How much is each and every single apple? How much is one cup of flour? You should have a kitchen inventory in case no one's told you. And in your kitchen inventory, you should have a list of all the things in your home bakery that you buy, that you use. You should be doing inventory in your bakery weekly. I do inventory in my bakery every single week. This will stop you from running to the store last minute. And another way to save money is you should be buying in bulk. When you're at the damn cake supply store, quit picking up one or two drums. That's ridiculous. That's wasting money and gas. Buy them in bulk. 
I don't care if you get packs off of Amazon or you get packs off of BRP, run into the store for one or two items every single time per order. It's almost like you're telling the universe, you don't know if you'll get more orders. So you're only going to grab what you see. No, that that that's no. So expenses, costs, everything that goes into the recipe, everything that goes into making that particular item. Then your overhead, right? All your overhead costs, the costs associated with running your home bakery. And yes, when you bake from home, you still have overhead costs. Pay attention to all of those items. And then last but not least, your profit percentage. What percentage are you allocating? That's one of the biggest things is the profit percentage. So many people mess over that part or they miss it. What percentage are you putting back to give yourself a profit whenever you add up this entire equation of calculating a price? Now, one of the things that I notice with people when it comes to growing their business, some of you guys can do all of this right. You're calculating, you got your labor, you didn't input at all the numbers and you have a price. And then you look at the price and you say, whoa, I wouldn't pay that for cupcakes or I wouldn't pay that for a cake. So one of the reasons why you don't see growth is because coming up with the price is one thing, but articulating and sticking to that price and having the confidence to charge that is something totally different. And that's a mistake that I would like for you guys to avoid because I feel it's really stopping you from growing. You have to understand that your finances, maybe you're on a tight budget. Maybe you were brought up on a tight budget. Maybe your parents were penny pinchers. Maybe financial literacy isn't something that was really discussed or talked about much in your household growing up. Whatever thoughts and ideas and feelings that you have when it comes to paying for something, those are not the same thoughts, ideas, and feelings that your customer has. You are not your customer. So if you say, damn, I would not pay $40 for a dozen of cupcakes, or I would not pay $50 for Rice Krispie Treats, that's you. But if you're putting out value, and if you have an amazing brand, and if your perceived value matches everything that people see, there is someone out there who will pay that. You just have to find those people, but you have to disassociate yourself and your feelings with those people. I mean, so many people, they know how to price. They just don't want to price it because they say, well, that's high. I wouldn't pay that. No, it's high for you because you're cheap or it's high for you because you're on a budget or it's high for you because right now maybe you're saving, you're being financially responsible. You just don't have it. But guess what? Someone out there does. There's times where I know I sell many cupcakes at the farmer's market and I, I think, I would never pay $3 for a mini cup, like a mini cupcake, get out of here. But my ideal client, they buy those mini cupcakes left and right all the time. I've even had one person tell me they felt it should be more. And this is a mini, y'all, a mini, not even a full size damn cupcake. I was like, wow. But the numbers were there. I was pricing it correct. It actually comes out to around 280 something, but I hate charging uh change. So I always round up to the nearest dollar. But in my mind, I'm thinking as a big girl, I probably wouldn't pay that. And I'm very frugal. And it's not a sense of not having it. I'm just frugal. I like to save my money. I like to invest it. I like to try and learn uh, different things. Right now, I'm learning and taking little classes on NFTs and stuff like that. I've gone through things in my life that have made me 
probably a lot more minimalist than what I used to be. However, that's me. That's my thoughts and my behaviors. I can't bring that when I price something and say, oh, well, shit, I wouldn't pay this. So they wouldn't pay it. Hell no. And that comes from when you're afraid to charge your price. That lets me know that you haven't really sat down and came up with who is your ideal client. Because if you knew your ideal client, like the back of your hand, and you were confident, like, yeah, my ideal client, her name is Becky. I have tons of them. I give them names. If you're in the entrepreneur community, we have a lesson um, on just talking and selling to your ideal client and different clients because they don't have to always be one person. But y'all, Becky, Becky is bougie. She is a housewife. She's a socialite. She has an amazing kick-ass career. She loves entertaining. Becky is all about family, but Becky is also health conscious, you guys. So when I sit down and create products, I'm creating products for Becky because she likes to stand out at her parties. She loves entertaining. Like Becky is so happy right now because it's, it's tailgating season. So she's throwing a tailgating party. She wants the best of the best. She wants the cupcakes with edible gold. She wants the cupcakes with fresh flowers or edible flowers on them. You know, she wants stuff used with Valrona chocolate because that's how Betty Ro- uh, Becky rolls. Sorry, <laughs> I actually have an aunt Betty who loves my cupcakes, but my ICA my ideal client avatar, her name is Becky, and she loves all those things. So Becky doesn't mind paying top dollar for cupcakes. Becky and Amanda, Chef Schomburg, for those of y'all who didn't know my name, are two different people. So when you price, I really want you to understand who your ideal client is. And then make sure you're going where that person is. Don't just create that person and then God, forgive me for saying this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Don't create that person and then not step into that person's world. Meaning Becky doesn't hang out in the hood because Becky isn't hood. I know Becky's demographics. I know where she lives. So therefore, I'm not going to be pushing my products to people in the hood because that's not where Becky is. I have to go where Becky is, to the markets, to the magazines, to the shows, to the galas, to the festivals. I have to put myself in Becky's world. In order for Becky to pay that price, because she doesn't mind, but I have to meet her where she's at. So when it comes to pricing, those are the elements that I wanted to cover. Are you doing those four steps? Giving yourself a wage, expenses, costs, overhead, factoring in a profit percentage, number one. Then number two, are you a tying personal feelings? Are you tying in your personal feelings to the price? whatever the price is that you're supposed to charge. And then number three, are you making sure that you know who your ideal client is so that you're comfortable in charging the price that you're charging? And number four, detach yourself from your price. I always hear people say sometimes, charge your worth, charge your worth. I said it last week on a podcast, but none of us can ever charge our worth because we're priceless. You know, you're not worth 40 bucks, 70 bucks or this. Charge what that item is worth. Okay, but also understand that if someone tells you no, it does not diminish your worth. You are not less than because the person decided not to buy. Sometimes it just might not have been the best fit. Maybe they're on a budget. Maybe that's all they have. Maybe they're shopping around. Be okay with that, you guys. It's okay when people tell us no. You're not less than. You're still an amazing baker. You still have talent. You still have tons of accolades. No one can take away from you unless you allow them to when they tell you no. All right? So there's an old gospel song that says, whose report will you believe? And then it 
says, we shall believe the report of the Lord. So just because someone is telling you no in the moment, I want to ask you, whose report are you going to believe? You're still the child of a king. You're still prosperous. You still can have a business that'll grow in abundance. That one person is not going to stop your growth just because you got one no, 10 no's, 100 no's. I remember Beyonce saying one time with the Grammys, she's won 40 something times, but she's also lost 20 something times. None of us are going to have a perfect close rate or conversion rate as much as we would like to. Everyone gets told a no every now and then. Don't let it make you second guess and say, well, should I drop this $2? Do I need to change the price? Was it too high? Was it me? No, girl, they just said no, shit, move on, next. All right, so with moving on, (laughs) tip number three. (laughs) Tip number three is not effectively marketing. And y'all know I love me some marketing. However, one of the reasons why a lot of bakers don't see growth is because they don't effectively market. So I will tell you this, posting on Instagram and TikTok is not the only way to market. That is one form of marketing. And that marketing is known as content marketing. And right now, so many people are obsessed with content marketing. Half of you guys are doing it incorrectly. Content marketing is not coming up with reels to bash your customer. I think that's it, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ignorant. It's ghetto. And it's also one reason why you're not attracting what it is that you're trying to attract. And you're so much better than that. If you're having problems with your customer in actuality, that's a you thing. That tells me something about you. Because if you keep attracting a certain type of person, what are you putting out? What are you not investing in? What is it that you're doing to make yourself attract that type of person? But that's not what we're here to talk about. That was just a little bonus. But anywho, not being consistent with your marketing. So some of you guys post only when you're selling something. If you're not selling, you don't show up. You don't nurture. Marketing has so many seasons, you guys. There's so many things that we go through. You have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. And you can't just show up when you have a sale, when you have a special. You also have to have a strategy, right? What's making you different when you market? How are you showing yourself? How are you allowing people to connect with you? So all of those things are big tales that let me know how you're actually doing as you are building your business, the growth of your business, and how you're actually growing if you are or if you are not adding in a strategy to your business. Because all of that, it all comes down to marketing and being comfortable knowing what marketing is. Marketing and advertising are two different things. A lot of you guys are great at advertising. You're just not great at marketing. And that's all the activities, all the activities that are associated with raising your brand awareness and getting people to really know and understand your business. Another thing about marketing too, especially with content marketing is I don't want some of you guys to feel you have to post seven days a week, five times a day. Don't do that. Come up with a strategy. Come up with something that you know you can do because posting, especially on social media, is more than just that one post. Are you engaging before you post? Are you engaging after you post? Are you liking and interacting with other people? Are you leaving comments? Are you utilizing hashtags? 
Do you post with a caption? There are so many things that go into content marketing that make it effective. Are you resharing and are you repurposing? Some of you guys have one particular platform that you're really, really great at. And then you don't reshare and post on other platforms. I've had something get like 2,000 likes on Instagram, and then it turns around and gets 50,000 likes on TikTok. I've had things I post that have 5,000 likes on TikTok, and then it's this one particular set of cupcakes. And then I post it on Pinterest, and now it has nearly 3 million views. So are you repurposing when we talk about content marketing and not seeing growth? Pick one platform, a primary platform but also have secondary platforms, have other platforms because you're trying to grow your business in a whole. And if all of these platforms are free and they allow you to post, why not make the most of it? I would rather you post five days a week with a sound strategy than to show up posting seven days a week feeling drained and just putting stuff out there, like just throwing noodles at the wall and not really knowing what it's doing. So again, not being consistent with your marketing. All right, you guys, that's one of the biggest reasons why I see you guys not having growth in your business. Number three is kind of tied a little bit to number four. But number four, the biggest reason why is not growing a personal brand. I cannot tell you guys how important a personal brand is for small business. We are not big box chains. We're not Walmart. We can't hide behind that little yellow star. We're not Target. We can't hide behind the big red bullseye. And so some of you guys, your pages are beautiful. You post these cakes and all you show is your logo. But the reason why you're not seeing growth is because people see your cakes and they see a thousand other people's cakes. You're not showing yourself. And you guys know, especially my students in my group coaching membership, how big I am on this. We probably have about three or four classes. We have a class called uh, Media Magnet with Gina Neely, who used to be on Food Network. Uh, She now works in the news, but she did a class with us on how to attract media. We just had a class on sharing your story how you can pitch yourself and get press for your business. We have classes on camera confidence with Steph of Cupcake Project, who's also the founder of Bakefest. We have so many classes inside my membership. And if you're not a member, then this is just something I want you to focus on. How are you building a personal brand? You have to start getting confident, putting yourself in front of the camera. How many times have you ever heard people say, oh, I can't remember your name, but uh, I remember your face, right? Or your face looks familiar to me. Oh, where'd you go to high school? Who are you again? People remember faces more than anything. So when you're looking to try to stand out, especially those of you guys who feel like I'm in a saturated market, my business will never grow. Well, your business will never grow if you never step into the business. So one of the great things about being a small, locally owned business owner is that people get to know who you are. Earlier this year, I was flown out to Washington, D.C. by Facebook or Meta, as we now call them. I'm a member of the Meta Leaders Network. The Leaders Network is a network of tons of business owners all across the world who get to have training from Meta Facebook in order for us to grow our business. And so Facebook paid, they flew me out and I had the opportunity to go to Capitol Hill and to discuss things that matter to our industry about cottage food laws and how we can expand them and how we can grow 
them so that you guys all over the U.S., all over the world in different countries, honestly, but U.S. in particular, can have a fighting chance, can have limits increase, can actually grow your business. And while I was there, shout out to Meta. Thank you so much for paying for the trip and investing in me. Everything I learned from Meta, I pour into my group coaching membership. While I was there, they were teaching us that about one third of the people, especially millennials and Generation Z, they buy from people that they have a connection with. So I say all that to say this, and this comes directly from Meta. I'm sharing that static with you, uh, statistic with you. How are you connecting with people? Because too often I think we feel we can't be ourselves, but being yourself is what's going to get you noticed. If you're a mom, talk about mom life. People want to hear about that. How are you raising your, your babies? Who are you doing it for? Why is this business so important to you? What's your why? And show your face. You don't have to show your kid's face. I'm not putting that pressure on you if you don't want to, but show what it's like to look like a mom and to just you know roll out of bed. If you're a wife, show that. I always share my faith and I never share it and say, oh gosh, they're going to run away or, or they're going to leave the podcast or they won't be my friend anymore if, if they know I'm a Christian. No, like I would hope that you guys listening on the other end of this will be open-minded. I also always share too, if you're a non-believer, I support you as well because Jesus loved all, right? I'm, I'm not going to go into that, but that's just how I learned. He loved everybody. He didn't roll out the Bible and say, okay, I love you, you, and you can go. No. So I accept you guys all. And I think part of the reason when I talk to people and they say that I'm fine, they find I'm relatable and I always appreciate that. That's the greatest comment. Is I have students who are atheists and I'm like, Shh, I don't care. I'm here to love you. I have to show you an example of what that looks like. But they're not comfortable telling that to me until they're like, you know what? I heard you say this on a YouTube and I thought it was pretty cool. Or I heard you give this quote and I thought it was pretty cool that you didn't just quote the Bible, that you also quoted Buddha or some other person. And so people have to relate to you as a person. I'm open and I love everyone, all colors, all religions. It doesn't matter. And I share that all the time. I'm comfortable with sharing my face. So how are you growing a personal brand? Because if a thousand people make chocolate covered apples, right? How are you standing out out of all of those people? Are you sharing what you believe in? Are you sharing your mission? Are you sharing your beliefs, your methodologies, your frameworks? Are you letting people know about your failures? Sometimes we always want to show up on social media and be perfect. Fuck that. I'm not perfect. I share with people all the time. You know, one of the things that I was uh, trying to hide, not necessarily hide, but I didn't care to share at one particular time was some of you guys who've been following me for a while, you know, that I had a partner when I first started, I had a, a business and I was like, I'm not going to discuss that because it wasn't that I didn't feel it was worthy enough of a story, but I know that in this industry, I want to be the type of woman that I am, you know, so I don't want to bad mouth or, or to say anything negative or rude. And I have nothing negative or rude to say publicly. I just wanted to be really, really careful of how I address that situation. Well, what happened was I noticed other people were telling me, you know what, I'm in a partnership with someone. Or I was thinking about getting into a partnership. And so by me not sharing that experience, it left things on the table, moments 
that I could have poured into someone and that I could have blessed someone. And I could say, well, yeah, well, if you, if you feel it's going to benefit you, go for it. Or if you feel it's not going to benefit you, don't go for it. Or, or here's some of the lessons that I learned. You know, I don't regret that partnership because that was a time period. It was a test. And I learned from so many of you guys who invested in both myself and my partner during that time. So now I just have to watch how I show up and discuss it. That's all. So you can talk about a negative situation in a positive way. You can talk about a positive situation sometimes in a negative way. You just have to make sure that you're being intentional with how you're sharing your story. However, sharing your story, all the things that you go through now in the past and all the way up to now is how people will connect with you because it's more than just cake, you guys. It's more than just a baked good. So are you getting photo shoots? I require well, I don't want to say I require, but I love for all of my students to get brand photo shoots because I want them to look polished. I also want them to get pressed. And I know that when those people come knocking, they're going to require a certain type of thing. Also, getting photo shoots helps you with being more consistent because now you don't have to scramble and look for photos. You have nice, polished photos that can articulate your brand and your message. So are you building a personal brand? Do you have a mission? You know, I have a mission for my baking business, Chef Schomburg Sweets. Part of the biggest mission of Chef Schomburg Sweets is to provide and to pour back into the community through my baking. So I do that with different organizations. I give to the Firefighters Association. A portion of every single product that you buy from Chef Schomburg Sweets, it goes somewhere because there's a mission behind my bakery. I'm not just it's not just all about sales. But likewise, there's also a mission with Baking for Business. My mission is to empower and to educate and to pour into you guys. My mission is to be a one-stop shop. I want someone to come to the Baking for Business website and say, you know what? I feel inspired or I feel like I can do this. I can bake from home and it'd be okay because I'm all for home-based businesses. That used to be the American dream was for people to want to buy a home and and have their own. And I feel that that's a, a big part of the American dream in having your own. It's also having your own business on your own land. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes I think we feel a home baking business is just the start and we always have to get a brick and mortar. No, you don't. It's not the start. If you want a brick and mortar, go for it. I have some kick-ass students who have brick and mortars. They are amazing. But if not, and if home is for you, do what you got to do. Build on your own land. Build on your own property. You can still contribute to your family's income. You can still have financial freedom and success by building a business that you love. So those are things I'm passionate about with Bacon for Business. And I show up and I share that mission. And I invite you guys into that, that story, my beliefs, my frameworks. Whether you like it or not, 100% authentic, 100% real. I put myself in baking for business because I solely believe in it. Are you putting yourself in your business? Every nine posts should probably have a post of you. Do people see your face? Do they see your workstation? Are people hearing your voice? Are you going live one to two times per week? Are you doing reels three to four times per week with your face in them? Not the faceless ones where we hide. Have you connected? Have you ever had a business shower? Are you participating in events in your community? Do people know what your face looks like, right? So a personal brand is one of the biggest things besides a unique selling proposition. That's great. But 
What stories? How are people connecting with you? What are you doing in order to stand out, not just in people's eyes, but in people's hearts? How are they feeling you as a person? Right. Because we buy. We buy people. We buy people. We buy products because we like the person. There's a reason why when you go to Walmart, you complain all the time. No cashiers. No, this, no, that, no, that. You might complain, but you still go back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So we support people when we know who people are. So make sure you're letting people know all of you, what matters to you, what is your why, who you are and what gifts you have and how you want to share that with people. When you connect with people, you'll find sales come super easy. And speaking of connection, the last tip, be sure that you're connecting with them through an email list or a text, right? So we want to make sure that we are building our own communities, that we're building our own tribes. And part of that comes from not building on borrowed land. Too many people are focused on followers versus fans, I don't want you to have a follower. I've seen a student with an email list of 10 people that sold $500 in a day. So followers, that can come and go. How many times have we seen people on social media, new page? I can't believe I lost my page. I had 50,000 people and I lost my page. And I'm like, it's cool. We'll just send them an email. What? I don't email. Yes. Come on now, y'all. We should all be emailing our, our customers. You should be focused on email marketing, which is a form of marketing, or text marketing, one or the other. But you should be collecting your clients' information so that you can have conversations off of social media because it's those conversations that lead to real growth. All right, you guys. So that's four tips. (laughs) Let's see. We have not measuring what matters, pricing, not paying attention to the numbers, not being consistent with our marketing, and not building a personal brand, not showing up in an authentic way and allowing people to connect with us so that they feel more connected to our products. That's all I have for you guys this week. I look forward to seeing you guys next week, but do me a favor. If one of these resonated with you, let me know which one. And also, what are you going to do to act on it? Because if you're not seeing growth in your business, the only person who's responsible for that is you. But guess what? The only person who can also change that is you. And I do believe that you have the power to change. I do believe that you have the courage to change. You just need to push y'all. So I'm here with your push, with your loving push. I want to let you know that I believe in you. Whatever it is that you need to work on, give yourself a timeline, break it down in a step so that it doesn't feel overwhelming and knock it out. We don't have to wait till the next year to be a better version of ourselves. Do it now. Start now. Because growth is so important in our businesses. We were all like flowers, like little seeds, right? We're going to go through dirt. We're going to go through the mud. But eventually, if you continue to nurture, if you continue to harvest, if you continue to plant seeds in effective manners, then you're going to bloom and you're going to grow. And I love watching you guys grow because you deserve it. And I know you're worth it. So thanks so much for listening. Take care. Bye for now.